Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. A final from Angels Stadium out in LA. It's the Los Angeles Angels 9, your Cleveland Guardians 5. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And a losing streak continues for the Guardians. I think we now fall into third place in the American League Central. The White Sox are finally able to end their losing streak yesterday. Uh, The Minnesota Twins are now in first place. The good news is during this losing streak for the Guardians is that no one's actually running away with the division already in the month of April. So there is still time to turn this thing around. But man, man, this thing hurts, right? This really hurts. We're up to a six-game losing streak right now. And the Angels really take it to us. And in this one, it looked like we might have a shot. I mean, we come out of the gate and put up two runs in the first inning. And what do we do? We give them six runs right back in the next two innings, right? The bottom of the first and the bottom of the second. So what felt like, hey, maybe they're going to show some signs of life offensively, quickly, quickly turns into, no, this is again going to be the Angels' day. And so... Let's get into the storylines of this one. There's still a lot of talk about, I felt like in this game, it was a game of big moments. Big hits, big RBI hits. There were a ton of hard hit balls on the day. Um, The Guardians pitching gives up 16 hard hit balls on the day. The Angels pitching gives up 14 hard hit balls on the day. So everybody was getting their hacks in. I mean, there was actually a ton of hits and a ton of scoring in this one. I mean, a 5-9 game is a pretty high-scoring game in today's baseball. 11 hits for the Guardians, 14 hits for the Angels. So, yeah, there was a lot of action, and there were some big, big moments in this game. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Trout and Jose Ramirez, clearly the two MVPs of their team. Uh, Which one maybe is in line for the American League Player of the Month? I think both these guys are probably in the conversation for AL Player of the Month and probably your one and two candidates for that award. So let's take a look and we'll see how their months of April have been going. But first, the big moments of the game. And we start right away in that first inning. It's going to be Miles Straw actually drawing a walk off Shohei Otani. Otani was struggling a little bit in the first inning. Uh, I can actually isolate just the first inning to see where Otani's pitches were coming in. And he was missing a lot with that slider away. Couldn't seem to get... He got a couple in the zone. He got three sliders in the zone. One way at the top of the zone. Uh, that's the one he walks uh, strong, actually. Uh, it's a slider at the very top of the zone on a 3-2 count. That It's a close pitch, but Straw gets the call. But yeah, he's missing with a lot of sliders. Misses with some fastballs down. Misses with a splitter in the dirt to Jose Ramirez on an 0-2 count. Trying to get him to chase there. So yeah, it didn't feel like Otani was really locked in in that first inning. And so he walks Straw to start things off. And that's nice. We to get somebody on base in front of Jose Ramirez. That's kind of what you want. How many times with Straw and Ahmed Rosario last season... Did Jose Ramirez come up in that first inning with nobody on base? It happened too many times. Well, uh, you know, Ahmed Rosario would chop into a fielder's choice, so there's still somebody on base for Jose Ramirez, and he comes up against Otani. Otani does give him to foul off two fastballs. 
Uh, so he's ahead in the count, tries to get him a chase, a splitter in the dirt. That splitter can be nasty from Otani. Doesn't chase it. Then decides to come back with a slider. And for the right-handed pitcher, this one creeps back over the plate. And I'm, this is middle of the you know belt for uh, for Jose Ramirez, and he turns on it. Not you know a total smoke uh, shot. Ninety-eight mile per hour exit velocity, so still a hard hit ball. Thirty-degree launch angle, so a pretty high home run shot there. Uh, only had a five hundred expected batting average, three eighty-nine, but it clears the wall. It clears that double high scoreboard out in right center field, and uh, it's a two-run home run to kick things off for Jose Ramirez. That felt great. It felt like we finally had some momentum, and what do we do? We give it right back in the the bottom of the first, and Taylor Ward does not mess around. First pitch, four-seam fastball. I didn't actually register on StatCast, so I have no idea where he located this one. But remembering the highlight, it felt like that was right down the middle. It felt like Zach Plesak was saying, hey, first pitch of the game, I'm just going to fire a fastball down the plate, get myself a strike one. And Taylor Ward decided, hey, I'm swinging. I'm swinging first pitch. I'm not going to mess around at all. If Plesak wants to try to throw strikes, I'm going to make him pay for it. So he puts a double down the left field line. And then two batters later, Trout would come up and he would get his double. This time, Plesak was working him high on pitches, uh, does put a slider in the zone that he follows off, comes back with a high fastball over his head. The fifth pitch on a 3-1 count, so he's got to put one over, is a changeup that he leaves middle of the plate, top of the zone. I can't imagine that's a location you ever want to throw a changeup, right? To speed up someone's bat right there at the top of the zone where they can really get into it, right? I don't think that's the location you want to leave a changeup. He absolutely destroys one 110 miles per hour off the wall in left field. Uh, and Taylor Ward comes in to score. And then Rendon would get a single and uh, drive in Mike, Mike Trout two batters later. Uh, he was trying to work Rendon away, but leaves him a slider. On a 3-2 three, count, leaves him a slider over the plate. He had already seen that slider twice in the at-bat. This one does not make it outside of the strike zone. This one stays in the strike zone, and he delivers a 101-mile-per-hour single to bring in Trout and tie the game up. So you thought you had momentum, but no, they snuff it out, and uh, and uh, you got to go back to work. And it looks like they were. That's the This is the thing about this game. It looked like they really were going to get Otani in this one. It looked like they were going to get him. They were going to beat him. Richie Palacios with single to uh, start the second inning. Palacios back in the lineup again, and what's he doing? He's just making more contact and hitting the ball. After a Luke Maley fly out, Maley making his Guardians debut after his rehab stuff down in AAA, where he was hitting the ball pretty well. Andres Jimenez would come up. He would smoke a single 103 miles per hour. Now we got two guys on. We really got something brewing here. And Miles Straw would come up again against Otani, and this time get overmatched. If, you know... We really thought we were going to have something here in the second inning. We really could have, you know, put Otani into some serious trouble here. He misses with two fastballs away, comes back and gets a called strike on the inside edge. Frankly, gets a call here on the inside edge to Straw. Throws him a slider on the inside edge. Again, a called strike. This one was in the zone, though. 
and then comes back with another fastball, challenges him with a fastball, frankly. It wasn't even his hardest fastball of the day, 96.9. At points during this day, he was getting it up to... uh, he was getting it up into the 97s, 98s from Otani. This one comes in at uh, 96.9 and blows away Miles Straw. So, uh, you know, you had a chance here. Straw strikes out. Ahmed Rosario would fly out uh, back of the infield to end the threat. But I thought Straw's strikeout there was really the moment where Otani kind of took over and took back the game from the Guardians hitters. And he would go on to strike out a few Guardians hitters. I mean, Otani goes five innings on the day, which puts him in line for the win. Five hits, two earned runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. The home run given up to Jose Ramirez on 86 pitches. So Otani kind of locks in after this and kind of handles business for the next three innings. But the offense for the Angels would not stop there. Things get a little screwy in the bottom of the second. Uh, Jack Mayfield reaches on a fielding error by Ahmed Rosario. He kind of kind of hesitates on the throw, fields the ground ball, but hesitates on the throw. And so when the throw does come, he throws it high. He casts a rush a little bit and throws it high, makes Owen Miller jump off the bag to even keep it in play, keep it in front of him. And uh, Jack Mayfield beats it out. Then Max Stacy shoots a single through. At 96.4 miles per hour, Tyler Wade tries to lay down a sack bunt and move the runners over. The number nine hitter, Plesak, gets it. Looks like he wants to go to second with it and try to get one of the lead runners. Hesitates, decides not to do it. By the time he turns the throw to first, he throws a pretty damn hard strike to Owen Miller at first base. But by that point, Tyler Wade beats it out. So now they've got bases loaded for Taylor Ward, who apparently... Uh, you know, turns into Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, whenever he has to face the Cleveland Guardians. And Taylor Ward hits a grand slam, 100 miles per hour exit velocity, 440 feet. And going to that matchup against Taylor Ward, uh, Plesak basically throws him three pitches in the same location. They're three different pitches. He gets a four-seam fastball up and away for a called strike. This is out over the plate, the outside edge of the plate, and up at the letters. Throws him a, a curveball, kind of down the middle, but up at the letters that he gets for a called strike. And then throws him one more, a slider this time. Same location, at the letters, outer edge of the plate, on the strike zone. And he punches it out into right center field. Frankly, it didn't seem like he hit it that hard, but he hits a grand slam to center field, a 400-footer to clear those bases and really, really put the Guardians in a hole in this game. So it's a situation where, I mean, Plesak was working ahead. He was being aggressive, but, you know, you, there's a whole strike zone to use there. Coming into the same location three times, even though you gave him three different spins on the ball. Uh, yeah, clearly Taylor Ward was ready for it and uh, shoots it out there for that grand slam. So another big moment for the Angels there, a Big scoring opportunity for them. Uh, bottom of the fourth, they would have another chance. Um, this time, they would load the bases off of Zach Plesak. Trout would draw a walk to load the bases uh, with Otani and Taylor Ward already on base. Taylor Ward would walk. So walks 
Man, this is strange because Plesak is known for not walking people, but two walks in this inning set up a bases-loaded situation. It would knock him out of the game. He would only last three and two-thirds, seven hits, seven runs, six earned, uh, two walks, and two strikeouts. And so uh, he would leave the bases loaded, a lefty hitter coming up in Jared Walsh. So he goes to the lefty out of the bullpen, Sam Henches. Henches, unfortunately, kind of leaves him a fastball right down the middle of the plate. Um, After starting out with two sliders down and away, one, he gets him to swing through. He lays off the second one, so he comes back with some hard stuff. I'm telling you, right down the middle of the plate. 109.5 mile per hour line drive to Josh Naylor in right field. However, they decide to hold the runner coming around third. I guess that would have been Otani coming around third. Trout keeps going and gets trapped between second and third. They get him in a rundown, and then Otani has to give himself up in a rundown, and uh, they get out of the inning. So what could have been much, much worse Uh, they're actually able with some defense to get out of the inning by making the right throw, by making the right play, by Naylor getting that ball in quick, they're able to get out of the inning and save Sam Henches probably from some more trouble. Uh, Sam Henches actually has a nice, quiet uh, fifth inning after this. Um, So yeah, it could have been a much worse day uh, for Sam Henches. Coming into that bases-loaded situation, he can't get the job done. It's a good challenge for the young left-handed pitcher. Um, and he's lucky to get out of that inning. Who knows what would have happened to Sam Henches if that inning keeps going. Well, more big moments for the Angels, unfortunately, in this game. Logan Allen would come in to pitch, and they would hammer him in the sixth inning. Taylor Ward with a triple off the center field wall, 105.4 mile-per-hour exit velocity. Otani would hit him harder. 108.2 mile per hour double off the right field wall. And Trout would hit him even harder. 109.5 mile per hour exit velocity off the left field wall. Logan Allen, he's, he's got to be the next one to go, right? We still have two guys on the COVID list. Uh, Anthony Castro in the bullpen. And Chang is still on the COVID list. I don't know what's going on with those guys. But when Castro comes back, it's got to be Logan Allen that goes right. He's probably going to clear waivers at this point. Um, he's been bad enough that I don't know if another team is even going to take a shot at picking him up. You could probably pass him down to minor leagues at this point. It's just, it's. I mean, he gets hammered here. 105, 108, 109 miles per hour. It didn't help that the outfielders going back on this ball... I thought Straw maybe had a chance to catch this triple from Taylor Ward that bangs off the wall. It looked like he was back there. He just couldn't find the ball. He was he got back there in time. He just couldn't find the ball and takes a wild leap at the wall and has no chance of catching it. And then Otani's double off the wall. Again, Naylor gets all turned around out there in right field. Frankly, I don't think Naylor is a... Naylor is not a good right fielder. He's a pretty terrible right fielder. He gets turned around a lot. Can't go back on balls. Just put him at first base. I know you're trying to mix Owen Miller in and keep him in the lineup and Andres Jimenez as much as possible. Maybe that means Ahmed Rosario gets a few days off. Um, You know, I, I don't think Naylor belongs out there in right field anymore. I, yeah. He's got a decent, he's got a good arm, 
but we need someone who can run down and play some defense and run a ball down. And yeah, Mercado screwed up on that ball in New York, but Mercado is a much, much more elite defender out there than Naylor will ever be. So three hard hit smashes off of Logan Allen. Another big moment for the Angels. A lot of extra base hits in this game for the Angels. Finally, in the eighth inning, the Guardians do answer back. Uh, after an Ahmed Rosario single, Jose Ramirez would come up again with a guy on base, and good things happen when Jose Ramirez comes up with guys on base. Uh, let's see where Andrew wants put this ball. That's right. Uh, misses with three pitches to start the at-bat. So he's in a 3-0 hole to Jose Ramirez, somewhere you don't want to be. Uh, get me over fastball for a called strike that he takes and then throws him a second get me over fastball. And Jose Ramirez is not going to gift you two of those. Middle of the plate, just below the letters, hits at 95.8 miles per hour, another 30 degree launch angle. So another pretty high shot. This one only had an expected batting average of 340. And it really does just graze the front row of those seats out there in right center field for another two run home run for Jose Ramirez, his sixth on the season. Uh, I thought the last nice moment was Luke Maley gets the uh, double, his first hit as a guardian. Again, another uh, fastball down the pipe. He's able to turn on it and shoot 101.4 mile power line drive in a left field. I think you're going to be surprised that we're going to get a little bit of offense from Luke Maley. It'll be interesting to see how much him and uh, Hedges, Austin Hedges, share that catching position now that he's healthy and ready to go. Because I think Maley is. He's going to be able to deliver some hits for you. I think a little bit more uh, than Austin Hedges would. Um, Hedges might have that home run moment every now and then, but that's about it, right? It's a lot of strikeouts in between those home runs. Maley might give you a few more base hits. So we are able to drive him into score in that ninth inning. Uh, I mean, the Guardians hitters had some okay days. Uh, Andre, Jose Ramirez has the two big hits, the four RBIs. Owen Miller had two hits behind him, including a double, but he's stranded on base. Josh Naylor and Oscar Mercado combining because Mercado would pinch hit late in the game. They both have uh, a hit, so two hits from the five hole, including a double that they're not able to do anything with. I thought Mercado put a really good swing on that ball. One of these days I want to analyze when Mercado swings and really drives up all the left field versus when he doesn't quite get the hands through and ends up popping it up. I think there's a difference in the mechanics, something we might be able to see. I think it's the big difference is just getting those hands through the zone. If he can get the hands through and catch up to the ball, uh, good things happen for Mercado, but it doesn't always happen that way. For Mio Reyes, man, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. The one time he's able to put the ball in play, he grounds into a double play. So it is just awful. Being moved down in the lineup did not help. It's just brutal, right? He needs the day off. He absolutely needs a day off. Uh, yeah, so Andres Jimenez in the nine hole has two hits. He's two for four on the day. Hit a ball hard. So a good day out of him. He's up, got a 308 batting average right now with an 804 OPS. Amin Rosario is hitting 222 with a 551 OPS. Now, he did hit the ball hard three times yesterday. He is still hitting the ball hard. It's just not seeing results. Andres Jimenez is seeing results. So will he get some more playing time at shortstop? And will Ahmed Rosario start getting some days off here until that batting average starts coming around again? He did score two runs on the day, so he did contribute offensively. Uh, so yeah, that was it for the Guardians. 
there were moments there were moments in this game, but the Angels have the big moments in this game. MVP on the day definitely goes to Jose Ramirez for the two home runs. No doubt about it. He's the MVP of the month for the uh, Cleveland Guardians. But is he is he the you know AL player of the month or is it Mike Trout? Going over to fan graphs, it is very close. Uh, Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado are actually leading all of baseball in Fangraphs version of war. F war, sometimes you'll see it described. Since we're over on Fangraphs, we're just going to call it war. At 1.7 each. So National League, they are definitely in a battle there for the NL Player of the Month. But then you got Trout third at 1.6 war and Jose Ramirez uh, fourth at 1.4 war. Wander Franco, just for fun, right behind him at 1.3. If you go to Weighted Runs Created, WRC+, Plus, another fan graph stat that measures the value that they've contributed. Again, it's Trout and Ramirez back-to-back, this time one in two in all of baseball. Trout, though, at a big lead here, 270 WRC+. Plus. Jose Ramirez, 234 WRC+. Plus. Remember, anytime it's a plus stat, league average is set to 100. So that's how far above average these guys are, 270 and 234. Uh, when it comes to just good old-fashioned batting average, Trout does have Jose Ramirez in this one. There are some guys with some ridiculous batting averages right now in the game, always early in the season. Hosmer is hitting, Eric Hosmer for San Diego is hitting 410. Uh, remember, they were trying to trade him and get rid of him, and he's hitting 410 for them. Uh, Xander Bogarts is hitting 397. By the way, when you're hitting this crazy in April, usually go over and look at the bat bip batting average balls in play. Xander Bogarts has a 509 batting average balls in play. That's probably not going to last like that all season. Half the balls that he makes contact with are going for base hits right now. Um, Trout comes in at seventh in batting average at 365. Ramirez is ninth at 353 with Luis Arise in Minnesota between them. Uh, isolated power. We know Trout, and we know that Jose Ramirez can bring the thunder. Uh, They're both big home run hitters, big extra base hitters. Iso is a measure of that power. And uh, if fan graphs will load for me here, uh, Trout is leading all the baseball in Iso at 442. Remember, this is made to look like a batting average. Uh, Rizzo is next at 422, and then Jose Ramirez is third at 382. Uh, Ramirez is striking out a lot less of these guys. He's the only one on this leaderboard uh, in the top 20 that's under 10% strikeout percentage right now. When it comes to RBIs, when it comes to big moments, this is where Jose Ramirez has an argument. He is blowing away the field in Major League Baseball when it comes to RBIs. 25 RBIs on the season for Jose Ramirez. Ty France from Seattle is second at 21. Uh, Trout only has 10. Trout only has 10 RBIs somehow on the season so far. Uh, And then home runs, uh, Jose Ramirez is also leading him in this one. Anthony Rizzo is actually leading all of baseball with eight. CJ Krohn. Uh, in Colorado at seven. And then Jose Ramirez and Ozzy Albies both have six home runs after that two home run game from Jose Ramirez last night. Trout has five home runs. So yeah, batting average, weighted runs created, war. Uh, Trout does have a little bit of an advantage there. But some of the counting stats, home runs, RBIs definitely 
are in favor of Jose Ramirez. So it will be close. There's still a few days to kind of settle this thing out. I will say OPS, a stat we look at a lot, the on-base percentage plus slugging percentage, another great measure uh, of your offensive prowess. Trout is leading all of baseball in that at 1.284. Nolan Arenado is right behind him in the NL, and then Jose Ramirez is third at 1.151. So both of them elite, elite stuff. Maybe Trout has the edge right now uh, over Jose Ramirez, uh, but it's very, very close. I mean, with those counting stats, if Jose Ramirez really can extend the lead in some of those counting stats, if he puts up a few more home runs before the month is over, he really might have an argument over Trout for player of the month. It's very close right now. And obviously, hopefully, hopefully, I shouldn't say obviously, hopefully this will continue to be a battle all season as Jose Ramirez will battle once again to be an MVP uh, award winner. He's been so close so many times. He's been in the conversation so many years in a row. Will he finally get one? It's always tough. You know, seasons have their swings, their ups and downs. Everybody goes through a slump every now and then. But for the month of April, Jose Ramirez has really come out of the gate hot. Unfortunately, we cannot say that for all the Guardians uh, hitters. All right, so tomorrow, coming up tomorrow, we got Quantrill on the mound. Um, he's going up against the top prospect for the Los Angeles Angels, their number one prospect, Reed Detmers. Interesting story for this guy. Drafted first round, 10th overall pick in 2020, and he was already up in the major leagues last year. It didn't go great for him in the major leagues last year, but he was there. It was 1-3 with a 740 ERA. He's 0-1 so far to start the season with a 6.57 ERA in three starts. He's still technically considered a prospect for them, even though he will be graduating off this list very soon because it looks like he is in their rotation. I mean, starting the season here in the majors. Uh, the grades on him, a 55 fastball, a 65 grade on his curveball, 50 grade on the slider and the changeup, 55 control, and a 55 grade overall. They say that his fastball has gotten even sharper, um, sits between, uh, it touches 95, sits comfortably around 93 miles per hour, and that the curveball, a low 70s curveball, is the big swing and miss pitch. It is a big, dominant curveball. So we're going to get a taste of a number one prospect here, a guy that's very young, 22 years old, and already up here in the majors, just flew through the minor league system. The uh, pandemic-shortened season of 2020 with no minor league baseball definitely helped a lot of guys advance very quickly. So, yeah, the number one uh, guy for the Angels, Reed Detmers, is going up against Cal Quantrill. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Look, we will win a baseball game again. It's going to happen. Uh, and hopefully it happens in this game. We can get a win under our belt before we head over to Oakland. All right, that's all my thoughts. The final from this one, it's the Angels 9, the Guardians 5. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.